This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Do you say and do things when drinking that you regret the next day? Is alcohol a problem for you or someone you really care about? Over the next hour, we'll find out how people just like you and me found sobriety in AA through sharing their experience, strength and hope. Welcome to AA Live, brought to you by Alcoholics Anonymous. Welcome everybody, great to have you here with us this evening. Gosh, Christmas has been and uh, I hope you all had a really good time. I hope it was, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in there there was some fun. You know, it's great to have you here. Uh, This is the AA Live Radio Show. You can see my brain has gone into a little bit of Christmas mode. So... AA Live, here we are. This is the show that's going to explore the uh, ideas behind a way of recovery through the Alcoholics Anonymous program. It is lovely to have you here with us this evening. Now, Alcoholics Anonymous is a service which involves recovering alcoholics and we support other alcoholics that want to stop drinking. That's what it's all about. We work together, we do the th- work through the uh, 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous program. Uh, now, an AA meeting normally starts with a serenity prayer and a read of the preamble. So that is how I'm going to start this evening. So join me if you fancy. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thanks, guys. Took me quite a while to learn that. That was one of the first things I learned when I came into the rooms was the actual meaning behind uh, the uh, the lines. Like, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to read the preamble now. So, Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety, which I am lucky enough to say is what happened for me, uh, one of the biggest and best changes in my life. So I'd just like to say that any opinions that you hear on here this evening, uh, mine, any of my guests, anything like that, they are opinions of ours. They are not necessarily those of Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole. So, yep, it's me blabbing on, having a good time with some other people. So enjoy. You are listening to the AA Live Show in association with our friends from Otago Access Radio on 105.4 FM. I'm now going to read the daily reflection for today. And this is December the 29th. Almost New Year's Eve. Right. The joy of living. Therefore, the joy of good living is the theme of AA's 12 Steps. And that's from one of our books, The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, on page 125. AA is a joyful program. Even so, I occasionally balk at taking the necessary steps to move ahead and find myself resisting the very actions that could bring about the joy I want. I would not resist if those actions did not touch some vulnerable area of my life an area that needs hope and fulfilment. Repeated exposure to joyfulness has a way of softening the hard outer edges of my ego. Therein lies the power of joyfulness to help all members of AA. I must say I have had many a moment of joy while being an AA. Uh, Not that I didn't have them before. I had a lot of fun while I was drinking, but I must say by the time I stopped drinking, there wasn't a lot of fun going on. It was um, pretty dire, pretty lonely. Um, 
I was drinking because I needed to. It, it, it was just, yeah, this, I must have, I must have. It was a terrible, horrible place to be, I have to tell you folks. A horrible place to be. Anyway, we are going to start uh, with a little bit of music while I um, get myself organised for the next part. <laughs> so enjoy this little bit of uh, Dance Monkey. They say, oh my God, I see the way you shine. Take your hand, my dear, and bless them both in mine. You know you stopped me dead while I was passing by. gets me going but it also makes me think about what I used to do for drinking. I could, you know it used to make me dance and then I'd stop and then I'd do it all again. Anyway folks we had a lovely person in the fellowship come and do a share with us uh, that I've recorded and I'd love for you to have a listen. She shared with us uh, on her experience, her strength and her hope uh, and it was all about Christmas Christmas and what happens at Christmas and where it takes us because uh, you know there's a lot of things out there at the moment that have had me thinking about uh, things and so enjoy this uh, little piece of oh, story I suppose thank you hey, thanks for giving me the opportunity to 
to share the story. I appreciate that. Recently, I've been watching a lot of media talking about alcohol, uh, drugs, Christmas parties. I was watching Patrick Gower on drugs the other night and it instantly took me back to my use of drugs and my use of alcohol, um, which of course was my biggest and worst drug. And the media side of things also took me back because I keep reading these articles at the moment about how to look after yourself at a Christmas staff party, uh, what to do, um, you know, the embarrassment when you get back to the office, all those sorts of things. And it, and it took me straight into uh, past experiences of mine. And I, it, it makes me look at my use of alcohol and it, it makes me think, my gosh, you know, this had a hold over me that nothing else has ever had a hold over me like. I, um, I, um, I have done things and had things happen at Christmas parties, not even Christmas parties, but, you know, it, it made me think about the things that had happened to me um, during my uh, active addiction to alcohol. And, you know, it, it took me back to a uh, sexual assault at a Christmas work party. And I was sexually assaulted by a manager at a work party. Everybody was drinking. Everybody was drunk. Um, we were on a boat in a harbour. And there was nowhere to go. There was nowhere to go after it and I told people and it it changed the whole party. In fact, you know, eventually the boat went back and everybody split up in the next day going into work and there were meetings um, where my story was told, his story was told and I wasn't the only one that had um, had something happen. So, and it was really interesting to see, this is way back in the 1990s, this, it was really interesting to see how it was dealt with. Or, uh, yeah, and, and how, as a victim of sexual assault, I was treated. And while this person was, um, they, were, they were given the option to resign. And, and so they did. Uh, and they, they were close to uh, retirement. So they resigned and left and had been with the company for something like 25 years. So it was a huge thing. Talk through the business was enormous and I was made to feel incredibly bad about the fact that this person had lost their job supposedly because of me. And not once did any you know, it wasn't it wasn't brought about to say, well, he lost his job because this is what he did. It was interesting. As soon as alcohol was in the mix, there was a lot of, well, you were drunk, he was drunk, and and a lot of um, putting the blame on myself because I was drunk as well. Um, but I must say, there is a time when you do not enjoy something and it doesn't matter whether you're drunk or not, you're not enjoying it. Um, and so, yeah, that, that changed my whole job. Uh, I didn't last there, I probably lasted another six months there, eight months at the most. Became very uncomfortable place to work. Uh, I know I never made another Christmas party, so yeah, I definitely left before the next year's Christmas party. Um, 
Yeah, it was it, it 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 was like I had a black mark over my name. That's at least how I felt anyway. It wasn't good. And that all happened, you know, under the influence of alcohol. And then there was another one that we had where um you know that the biggest concern for us all, and this is another place I worked, was that did we have enough alcohol? We were going to uh, have a picnic. Um, we were going out for a lunch. We were catering it all. We were worried that we wouldn't have enough alcohol um, because we were going to be in this park and there wasn't a bottle store close by. So it was amazing how much alcohol we filled in the boss's cars uh, to ensure that we didn't have that panic. And, oh gosh, from memory we had, uh, I think it was a kilo bag of marijuana as well. Um, and it was a fantastic day. We had a great time in the sun. We didn't run out of alcohol. Uh but you know something really awful happened. One of one of the um, women at the party got really, really, really sick, and we had to call an ambulance. And um, you know the ambulance took her away, and she actually ended up in hospital for a couple of weeks. But do you think that stopped us? No. And by this time, I was drinking and being with people who were the same kind of drinkers as me. So it. You know, I it didn't matter that someone was injured and off. We'd sent them away to hospital. They were going to be fine. And in fact, I do remember us at one stage thinking how lucky for her she was going to get lots of really wonderful drugs <laughs> to help with the pain. And I mean, that is the insanity of alcohol and drugs. Um, well, alcohol is a drug. Um, so you lose the, well, I lost the um, capacity to think rationally. Um, and of course, as my addiction grew and grew, I uh, had a need for alcohol so much that, well, there was no sanity in it. It was just a need. It was something I had to fulfill. I had to fulfill that need, that that insatiable craving but uh, yeah and so so I was I had already changed all my friends by then I was 25 by the time I was maybe 24 24 by the time I had that party and you know we started that Christmas party at lunchtime and we finished the next morning so that would tell you the insanity of of all the people I was with. It was quite normal for us to continue on through the night and and be there for the next morning. Um, I didn't see my friends that didn't drink like that anymore. I only hung out with people who did the same thing as me um, because I, well, I suppose it didn't stand out to me. And in fact, I could tell you now there were people who were in a worse position than me, but that doesn't make my position any blimmin' better. But, um, yeah, I had another Christmas party, and I would have been in my 30s, my early 30s then, and I can only recall to this day snippets of it. Um, I think I had fun. I know the party went in through the night. Uh, the group of us got smaller, I know that. And somewhere in the night I ended up uh, having um, sex with somebody. I remember who it was with. I don't remember the act. I don't remember whether it was good, whether it was fun, whether it was kind, whether it was nice, horrible, any of that. I certainly recall the shame and embarrassment the next day. Uh, yeah, it was it was um, embarrassing because uh, when I saw him, he didn't seem embarrassed. So I suppose maybe he remembered it. 
I don't, I still to this day don't know. It was in another country. Um, yeah, but I do know that he had told his workmate because of the way they were both looking at me. Oh my gosh, the shame, the shame and the embarrassment. Um, and sadly, I have countless stories like this. Um, not all of them relating to Christmas parties, uh, just general, you know, what I thought were good times. Um, through the drug of alcohol, I have been in many, many dangerous places and positions. Um, some I was lucky to be able to stop, some I couldn't stop. Um, and, you know, there's been many, many years when I was trying to manage my drinking. I was 25 uh, when I was told I was an alcoholic. I spent the next 24 years trying to manage how I drank, uh, managing life um, and thinking that I was doing well. Right, we're going to take a little break from that at this point and we're going to throw in a bit of 660. Enjoy this, folks.
wonderful song. Aren't we so lucky to have that band in our country? Eh? They are brilliant, those guys. You are listening to the AA Live Show in association with our friends from Otago Access Radio on 105.4 FM. Turns out I wasn't doing well. Um, in all that time of, what did I say, 24 years, 25 to 49 years of age, I managed to um, find a husband who drank like me. <laughs> um, you know, so it didn't stand out how we lived, uh, how we managed our lives. Um, we were both pretty big drinkers and partiers and and so um, we continued in that group and it wasn't until things went wrong uh, in life like people dying and things that had an effect on me that I knew I turned to the bottle uh, to cope Um, you know alcohol was my drug of choice to cope with life and it actually wasn't until I walked into the rooms of AA at 49 that I realized um, and discovered I had been doing that since I was 14. Uh, It was my coping mechanism. I dilly-dallied with all sorts of other things and and along with the drug of alcohol but uh, yeah I I um, did use it to cope with everything. And, you know, in that 25 years where I was managing, I lost my marriage, I lost my home, I um, lost friends, I um, lost my dignity. I walked around um, with chaos and danger and shame and fear and anger, dishonesty, self-pity, lying. Um, These were all the things I was living in those 24 years. Um, And I don't even count the years prior to that 25. You know, so for me, um, you know, picking up at 14 and putting it down at 49, I did a lot of damage in that time. to myself physically, um, mentally, to other people. Um, And these are all things that I have been facing uh, in the last, in my my sobriety journey. Um, And you know, the time I walked into AA, I, by that time I had hit my rock bottom. Um, And I... Yeah, it was my rock bottom. And I needed something. I needed help. I was desperately needing help. But I had done another geographical left, another base of friends, and I was literally on my own. Um, And it wasn't a good place to be. I was not drinking with anybody. I was drinking alone. It was just... Yeah, I look back at it now and I am so incredibly grateful for what I have had in my life on my sobriety journey. Um, Yeah, I am an incredibly grateful sober alcoholic these days to discover that I had a disease, a disease, sorry, that causes me dis-ease. And I didn't have the tools through all my drinking time I never picked up the tools on how to manage to live life Um, those are the tools that I've gained in AA I have certainly gained um, tools that instead of picking up a bottle I now um, I have friends (laughs) I have friends that I can share really honestly with Um, I can be vulnerable and it's okay. I don't carry the shame with me. There are still people I need to make amends to and to apologize for my behavior. There's lots of those still to do. 
but I do live a life today that I never thought I would be able to live. Um, I Like today, I am sitting here in a warm, dry home. I have planted some tomatoes today. I've got a, a wonderful son who's come and told me he's loved me several times, given me great big hugs. And we've got food on the table and food in the cupboard today. Um, there's no chaos. There's no anger. There's laughter. There's relaxation. There's peace. Um, there's... I, I've got a lot of acceptance of things. I have more of an understanding of life today than I have ever had. Um, and I've also taken ownership for my actions of things that have happened in my life. And I have also taken more of an understanding through my acceptance of why other people are who they are and why they do what they do. And, you know, it's really interesting for me on this journey of sobriety once I got out of my own way, how many people were actually um, around me or have since popped up around me that have helped me through this journey of recovery? Because my recovery has not just been about putting down the drink. It's been about facing things that have happened to me and things that I have done and... Literature, I suppose I said it before, managing to live life today on life's terms. You know, things come up in my life today and I can manage. <laughs> I know that it sounds like I'm surprised, but I truly am still to this day. I'm, I'm, some days I'm so surprised by my life and things have come up but I feel strong enough and a little bit wiser. I suppose I've grown up uh, through all of this sobriety. Um, I get to I get to live life rather than trudge through it in survival mode because that's where I was. I was in survival mode and part of my survival was the bottle. Uh, and yeah, you know, I would do anything. I, I thought that, that that was the only way I could survive anything. So it uh, it took precedence over everything, food, everything. Um, I, you know, as long as my son was fed, I didn't need to be fed as long as I had something, you know, to drink. Um, and you know what was really, really odd is that I didn't realise that I had blackouts. <laughs> and now... As my memory is coming back, um, yeah, it takes a while for your mind to come back. Um, it, uh, I, I see things and I realise, oh my gosh, yeah, that, that was a blackout. There's lots of parts of my life that were blackouts. There were lots of silly things that I did uh, that I am starting to remember. And that's okay uh, because I know how to handle them now and I know what I can do to um, live with it um, and having the understanding that I'm an alcoholic I'm a person with a disease with a with a it's a it's not just a constant craving it was a mental illness as well it gives me this craving that oh, what oh yeah it, it has an insanity about it alcoholism and Sadly, a lot of people don't understand it, people who aren't alcoholics. Uh, and I have family members that have no idea. I have some friends that are just wonderful. But I certainly know the medicine I need to take to keep my sobriety, and that is to go to meetings. If I don't go to meetings, I feel a little bit of the balance start wobbling and, and I can get a bit wobbly. So, you know, I'm just about to go on uh, Christmas break and I already have found where the meetings are, where I'm going and when they are. And so, you know, it won't stop just because I'm having a break. Um, this is something I know. I take medicine for other things that I've, ruined in my body while drinking 
and I this yeah coming to an AA meeting is just part of the medicine that I take yeah I'm an incredibly incredibly grateful alcoholic who has a life today I honestly never dreamed I could have I, I never dreamed it it's just yeah it's bloody wonderful it's really 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 good um, and I am thankful and grateful to all the people who have come before me in AA and who made this program and made it so easy because you are not forced to do anything you really I don't know about you but for me tell me to do something and I'll do it the other way because you told me to do it so you know AA is just it has guidelines and you do it the way you need to do it uh, and it's up to you how sober and well you become and today I feel well I feel well mentally I feel much better physically I do have some things going on but they are not overwhelming me yeah today is a is a life I couldn't have dreamed of and I'm really really thankful and thanks very much for giving me the chance to um, share uh, how, how the luck of my life I suppose yeah thanks have a great Christmas and new year look after yourselves ah welcome back folks I hope you enjoyed listening to that I'd like to do a little bit of a reading right now that we read out. It's from Chapter 3 in our big book. Some of you may have heard about the big book. It's uh, the one that we follow and read, and it's the one that our founders wrote at the beginning. It's actually just about to have its fifth edition printed, which uh, I'm looking forward to seeing because it will be updated in some of it. So I'm going to read more about alcoholism. Most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking has been characterised by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people, or presently may be, has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralisation. We are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. Over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. We are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. We have tried every imaginable remedy, in some instances, there have been brief recovery, followed always by a still worse relapse. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe they are in that class. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule, therefore non-alcoholic. If anyone who is showing an ability to control his drinking can do the right about face and drink like a gentleman, our hats are off to him. Heaven knows we have tried hard enough and long enough to drink like other people. Here are some of the methods we have tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, taking a trip, not taking a trip, swearing off forever with and without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, 
going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums, we could increase the list ad infinitum. So that's something we read and I think most of the meetings I go to when I hear that read out, I see myself in many of those lines and many of those uh, little tries that I've had over the years. Right, where are we going to next? Tell you what guys, we are going to have a little listen. I went out on the street and I asked a few people a couple of the things that had changed for them. Well, you know, what, what was? Give me an example of two things that had changed for them through sobriety. And it was lovely to hear their responses. Some people I knew, some people I didn't know very well. And uh, I hope um, they sort of can give you a, a little bit of inspiration maybe. Enjoy. Hey, good to see you. Can I please ask you if you could say oh, a couple of things about what has been the benefit of your sobriety? What's been the best things of it? What would you say to somebody? Well, first of all, thank you for asking me and thank you for giving me the opportunity to contribute to your very worthy program by saying something at this uh, time of year, which is Christmas, which a lot of people find very challenging uh, because of financial issues, loneliness, families being thrown together for periods of time and whatnot and so forth. So, okay, uh, speaking for myself, when I entered AA, I heard that it was called the lonely disease and alcoholics, and I'm speaking for myself here, but I think many will identify, alcoholics are very, very lonely. And I was so lonely in my drinking and daily sobriety that I, I was lonely because I could not relate to other people or communicate with them on any meaningful level. And so I decided to make a cult, if you like, of being alone. I would be self-sufficient, emotionally independent. I would need no one, lean on nobody. Uh, relationships I decided were for losers and weaklings. I was going to be the tough guy that stands alone, man alone, and it didn't work. I just got lonelier and more and more dysfunctional. So in sobriety, one of the greatest things is that I found a fellowship of men and women who speak my language, they're my um, emotional kin, and I love them to bits, although they drive me mad because they are my family. Uh, but I'd do anything for them. Now, I was at a job interview a while ago, and they said to me out of the blue from left field, what is your greatest accomplishment? And I said, my marriage. And I meant it. And, of course, as an alcoholic, I'm supposed to say, well, of course, giving up booze or sobriety. Well, giving up alcohol was the most necessary thing I ever did. But the emotional warmth that I've found in companionship and conversation with other people and the love of my wife have been the kind of reward that anyone would give up drinking for. And that's about all I can say. Fabulous. Thank you. The two things that I've enjoyed um, out of my sobriety is, one, the freedom from bondage. I was always under the lash of king alcohol. Now I have a new freedom. Nice. Anything else? I suppose freedom's it. The freedom is is just wonderful. It's what's kept me coming back. And, um, of course, not having to wake up with that hangover. <laughs> so know what you mean. <laughs> have a lovely Christmas. <laughs> what are the two things you've got from sobriety that you really think... Worth it. Well, um, gee, you caught me on the hop here, but I think it's the ability to see life in a new way and have the freedom to be me, whatever that might be, and, um, you know, just the um, absolute benefit of, you know, having a dry bed in the morning and... Uh, <laughs> and, no, and no chundering in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Uh. I think uh, one of the two things, um, firstly, I believe that AA saved my life. Um, secondly, I also think it saved other people's lives as well. Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, the two things um, that you know being sober has given me. Uh, I think the first one's being in the present. You know, I think uh, you know when I was drinking, I was either in the past or wanting to be in the future because the present sucked. So these days, uh, you know, I uh, have tools to deal with everything that comes my way, and sometimes even enjoy life. So it's a good thing. Um, yeah, I I think too. Uh, being sober is that I can contribute now. Um, the amount of times that I was always wrong when pissed, um, you know, I was just always wrong and the wrong. But these days I can actually choose to contribute or not these days and have a fair appraisal of, of my work. It's not grandiose, it's not I'm better than, or, this is, or it's, it's not the worst in the world, you know, it's somewhere in the, more in the middle. And um, So I appreciate being another human being on earth as well, so um, that's kind of me. Wonderful, thank you. It's amazing what sobriety can do. It really is. Look, I have loved spending the evening here with you today. Thank you so much for spending that time. I can't believe New Year is just around the corner. Oh, my goodness. Look, in Dunedin, we have 14 meetings a week, even through these public holidays. So please don't hesitate to head on down to a lunchtime or evening meeting. Check out the aa.org.nz website. Now these meetings happen throughout the whole country so no matter where you are, whether you're holidaying, whether you're stuck at work, having to work through and do all of those things to keep the world going, there is a meeting on. So yes, aa.org.nz, you will find lists of meeting for the whole of New Zealand on there. There are also some Zoom meetings so maybe you're stuck in the office on your own and you could even make it to one of those uh, or if you're preferring the privacy of your own home. If you need to reach out for help and you think, maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe I am, look, please do not hesitate to call us on our 0800 line. It's 0800 AA Works. The phone number there is 0800 229 6757. And that also works across the country. This phone line is actually operated by alcoholics, for alcoholics, the whole thing of being there for each other. So please give us a call. We may be able to help. We also have a web address, www.aaotago.nz, if you want to have a look at that. It has been a pleasure to be here. Thank you to 2022. I hope you are able to say that as well. And welcome to 2023 in the next few days. Bring it on, folks. Now, we're going to finish with this song. This is a song I have put on for my son, who absolutely loves it. So take care of yourselves out there. Bring in this new year with a smile. And if you can't, please be with us at a meeting if that's where you're at so we'll be there I'd like to thank Jeff and uh, Spencer who has finished with us too, I'd like to thank them for helping me produce the show Matiwa everyone, until next time
causing grief in human relations. It's a turf war on a global scale. I'd rather hear both sides of the tale. See, it's not about races, just places, faces. Where your blood comes from is where your space is. I've seen the bright get dull. I'm not gonna spend my life being a color. Damn it, you agree with me when I saw you kicking dirt in my This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.